Now, the program to help you and your family get fit and stay fit with a biblical foundation without a one-size-fits-all plan. It's Faith Family Fitness with your host, Full Armor Sports and National Champion Coach, Jason Lupo. All right, welcome again to 100.7 The Word. This is Faith Family Fitness. Once again, we're throwing the fourth F in this show, Freedom Today. We have a very special guest. We have House District 39 Representative Brandy Bradley on the show. Brandy, you here? I'm here. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming on. I'm, I'm super excited to have you and talk to you about what is going on um, up in this legislative session, this go around in 2023 and the crazy bills that we're seeing being passed and, and put up and, and the ones that uh, you've sponsored are, are huge for our families that are listening on and, our, and the kids in our programs. So thank you for coming on and being willing to talk. Absolutely. Now, uh, Brandy, I understand that you guys have like only five bills that you can put forward every legislative session. Is that correct? That's correct. And so you've taken your five bills and you used every single one of them for things that actually matters to our families. But we can't say the same about every representative that has chosen to use their bills this session, uh, like Mary Bradfield putting together a bill so that she can continue to wear a name tag after she's done serving in the House. It's kind of crazy, huh? <laughs> but... Uh, I want to talk to you about three bills today uh, that directly affect our families that are listening on and that affect our programs and also what we do at Full Armor Sports Teams. So the first one that I really want to get into the nitty gritty on is your bill, House Bill 1098. This is the Women's Rights and Athletics Bill. And basically what it's going to do is it's going to require any club, school, intramural sports team to be designated as either male, female, or co-educational based on biological sex. And it requires that biological males participate only as males and biological females participate only as females. And this is a huge hot topic, especially in the swim world, uh, which we saw with Leah Thomas, um, the Penn State swimmer this last year and a half. Can you talk about why you chose to put forth this legislation? Absolutely. I, you know, we've worked for Title IX. We've worked for fairness in sports for women for so many years. And it's only right that we continue to protect female athletes in sports. It's kind of crazy because even though, you know, they, even the Olympic Committee has put together this list of demands for, for, a fem- for a male that wants to enter into female sports, and it all has to do with sex hormones. It all has to do with testosterone and estrogen. But we all know that's in the sports world that have coached for a long time, sports physiologists, we all know that that is not the only question that has to be resolved when it comes to allowing a male into a female sport. I, I agree. As a physical therapist, um, by nature, I've been one for 24 years. It's just different. It's biologically, physiologically different. Yeah, do you, do you want to talk about some of the differences we see in men and women after puberty, regardless of just estrogen and testosterone? Well, absolutely. Um, women, unfortunately, have more of a body fat composition, which creates a slowness compared to their male counterparts. 
Women have type 1 muscle fibers, which are great for endurance, but not as good for strength, um, which men have type 2 muscle fibers, which is the reason that that makes them stronger. You've already gotten into testosterone versus estrogen. Um, We have menstrual cycles. uh, Things like that factor into our ability to compete athletically, especially against our male counterparts. Yeah, and we all know that, you know, as women hit puberty, their their center of gravity changes, it drops lower, their hips widen, um, all for the purposes of what God intended, which was to create life. And so we know that there's all these differences that occur after puberty with women versus men, and it doesn't just end at this argument of testosterone and estrogen, which is what they want to keep hammering home. And it just doesn't make sense. Time and time and time, If you put a male against a female, even if you took all the testosterone away, pumped them full estrogen, they're still at a competitive advantage. Well, and this has been going on since 1983. This is not new science. We've had a mean difference of 10% between women for all events since 1983. It's not like we're closing in on any kind of a gap. Yeah, we've known this stuff for a long time. We've known that there's gender differences. I don't know why all of a sudden we're trying to ignore the fact that there's there's gender differences that occur. Because we have a new buzzword, and that's equity. Well, and what's equal for some isn't equal for all, is it? <laughs> well, if you were under the gold dome, you would think that it was, because they preach that in transportation, housing, health. I mean, it, it's the buzzword, but in this instance, you're, you're biological females. That it's not being equitable, right, to have biological males competing against biological females isn't equitable. So when, when is the word trendy and when is the word not so trendy? Well, this whole DEI stuff, you know, we talked about uh, Ivan Proporov on this show, the Philadelphia Flyers player that refused to enter the ice during warmups wearing a rainbow jersey during the Philadelphia Flyers Pride Night. Right. You know, and, and who's diversity? Who's equity? Who's inclusion? You know, where when does your religious rights end when somebody else's rights begin. Like, that's not how it's intended to work. And the fact that you think that inclusivity means removing Christianity or religious freedom, I don't understand how that's very inclusive or diverse at all. Well, if you figure that out, will you let me know? Because I just twiddle my thumbs every day. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine the uh, the craziness that you have to listen to up at the Capitol on a daily basis, uh, coming with some of these bills that are being presented. It takes a lot of prayer and a lot of intervention by the Holy Spirit, I will tell you that. Well, I know a lot of our families are um, very excited that somebody was willing to put forth legislation to kind of try to stop this craziness of uh, men and women's sports, and and also vice versa. And and I know that your bill is is mainly focused on uh, the equality when it comes to the fairness of sport, but there's a lot of other situations that come into play. You know, I know that a lot of national governing bodies have put rules in place that, you know, if we had a a transgender athlete in our sports programs, I'm supposed to room them with the gender that they identify with, which means I have to put high school identifying, you know, males identifying as females in hotel rooms with other biological females. Right. I mean, that that's one of the main points. And where does it stop? We have a bill coming up for committee the same day this bill is being introduced for gender-neutral bathrooms in all public places. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and some of it comes back to, like, 
you know, it, we have this bill that we were going to talk about. We'll just we'll skip to it. House Bill 1003, School Mental Health Assessment, and they want to create a assessment program administered by the Department of Public Health and Environment that requires 6th through 12th grade uh, students to participate in for basically a mental health assessment. And the parents would have the option of opting out of it. But number one, we should never have an opt-out policy. There should always be an opt-in policy. But the other thing that makes you scratch your head is these are the same mental health professionals that are promoting kids walking around schools thinking that they're dogs and giving them bowls to drink out of. You're, you're absolutely right. They tried this, I want to say it was last year, and we got wind of it, and I told my children you are not to take that. I have opted you out. If they even put this on your desk, you let me know. It was kind of a, a smaller version of what it is, and for your listeners that don't know, the questions on this mental health assessment are things like, do your parents own guns? Do they store them safely? Do your parents drink and then drive? Do you wear your seatbelts? So these are things, and then all of this information goes to a qualified provider that no one has been able to answer on who that qualified provider is, and it ends up on your child's student record. That's crazy. And, and so if parents don't understand what they're doing, the, these people are coming for your children. That's why you have universal pre-K and universal kindergarten. The earlier they can get their hands on your kids, the better off they are by taking them over. Well, and, and for years, I mean, you've had plenty of schooling. I've had plenty of schooling. We've talked about how science has changed drastically in this country. And, and anybody that's taken a research course knows that we have IRB boards that have to basically sanction research and say, yes, this is okay to do. It's not affecting anybody's uh, you know, well-being. And, and a large component of that is we can't run research on kids. We can't run research on prisoners. We can't run research on pregnant women. And we've just decided, nah, it's okay. If it's in the best interest of public health, we're going to forget all of the laws that exist in this country and all of the precedent that we've set over the last hundreds of years. And we're just going to do what we want because it's about public health. Right. You know, and that, and that leads directly into the last bill we're going to talk about, you know, and that's the, that's the bill that, uh, You've put forward with uh, Senator Mark Baisley, also up in uh, Douglas County, on prohibiting the COVID-19 vaccine to minors without consent. And I cannot believe that we even have to have a bill that says, hey, you can't give medical treatment to a minor without their parents' consent. When did we get to this point? Well, I will tell you, and I don't know if a lot of listeners understand this, but two years ago when I was trying to get something um, from my former pediatrician uh, for my 12-year-old, they said that I didn't have his consent to get into his chart. And I was like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Um, We switched pediatricians. But a lot of your listeners might not know that 12-year-olds and up can get an HPV vaccine without parental consent, Hep A, Hep B. They can have an abortion. They can get oral contraceptives. They can get treated for STDs. They can get treated for substance abuse problems without parental consent. Which is just nuts because, I mean, we have all these laws. We can't even figure out when a kid is an adult in this country anymore. 
because you can join the military at 18, you're charged as an adult at 18, but nope, you're not smart enough to drink alcohol. No, you can't consume pot. Now you can't consume tobacco till you're 21, but you can make medical decisions at 12 and you can change your gender and you can get an abortion without your parents' consent. Where does the line lie? Because if you're not smart enough to be able to control your alcohol intake, what makes you think that you can make medical decisions for yourself? I agree, and that's probably the big proponent of this bill, is to protect children from making a decision that could harm them immediately or for the rest of their life. Well, and also when you're hiding medical information from a parent, and all of a sudden the child gets drastically sick and you have no clue what's happened, and now doctors, what if your kid's in a, now in a coma and the doctors are asking all these questions about their medical records and you have no clue? Right. There, there's so many valid points about hiding information from parents. And back to the mental health school assessment, you can take or opt back in. And if you're suicidal, they're supposed to let the parents know. So now you've got a, a kid that opted back in. To something a parent opted them out, they're suicidal, the parent finds out. I mean, what is that doing to the family unit? Nothing good. No, it's 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 nuts. I, I, I can't believe what is going on and the fact that the government is basically taking over parenthood in this country. With almost every bill we see. And I honestly, Jason, I think they're hiding behind you know, this assault weapons ban and, and coming after Tabor, they're trying to distract families from things like that because it's so costly to live. And we love guns and want to be able to defend our rights. But I will tell you, the biggest attack right now is against parents, and them being the primary control. Yeah, 100%. Well, Brandy, we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. So hang with us for about 60 seconds and we'll uh, continue this topic thanks for listening to faith family fitness a presentation of full armor sports teams teamwork is at the core of any successful organization full armor sports led by national champion coach jason lupo is now registering for school year sports programs full armor is a multi-sport teaching and training organization with homeschool options available All of Full Armor sports coaches are certified and experts in their field. Full Armor's coaches combine for over 500 years of coaching experience. They will help your kids gain fundamental skills, the concepts of teamwork, essential to being successful throughout their lives. Multiple sports options are available now, from swimming, softball and volleyball, to powerlifting and youth MMA. The faith-based approach to making sports fun and productive are a great choice for your kids at Full Armor Sports Teams. Learn more at FullArmorSportsTeams.com. All right, welcome back to Faith Family Fitness on 100.7 The Word. We have Representative Brandy Bradley on the show today talking about the bills that are going through the Colorado legislature right now. And uh, thanks for being on the show again, Brandy. Um The Colorado Department of Health has made it a primary mission to make sure that every 5 to 11-year-old is vaccinated with the COVID vaccine. 
what are they thinking? Like this is our taxpayer money hard at work and this is what they're going to hammer home when we know that this is not even a, a, a portion of our community that's at a great risk of the COVID infection. Well, and I did some research. So, yes, when they presented, because I'm on the public health committee, when they presented that their wildly important goal is to make sure 41% of kids ages 5 to 11 are vaccinated by June and that they were going to hire all these people to do social media, they're going to have traveling buses and all of these things. Meanwhile, we're in the middle of a fentanyl crisis and teen suicide crisis. So it's more important for them to try to vaccinate their children against what Biden has really getting getting rid of the emergency order for COVID, we're now implementing vaccination children. I did some research, 660 deaths of COVID for 18 and younger. And who's to know if that's the primary death, right? That was probably an asthma attack that they tested or a car accident that they tested for COVID out of 80 million children in the United States. There are too many point zeros to list for the risk of COVID to kill children. Yeah, I mean, so is there is there a money trail here? I mean, is the federal government giving these states money if they hit these benchmarks? Is that why there's such a huge push for this? Well, you know, when I was looking into COVID, when, when I had patients telling me that their loved ones had died of massive heart attacks, but they had written on the death certificate COVID and they were so angry, there was um, a certain amount that hospitals will, would get for you being intubated, a certain amount for being ventilated. And then if you died from COVID, I want to say the um, kickback was about $4,000. So, yes, I absolutely think there's a money trail with the pharmaceutical world, with the hospital world, with everything. And they should be ashamed of themselves. Well, and, and then again, you can't sue them if anything goes wrong with the vaccine, right? Vaccine right. manufacturers are protected in this country. And also, Jason, you know, there's not a vaccine information sheet for COVID. It's still under emergency use, so they've kind of picked and choose what they're going to um, give the public. I'd like to know how many 12 to 18-year-olds know how to report a VAERS, a vaccine-related injury report, because I can tell you most adults don't know how to do that. Well, I mean, there's, there's plenty of things that, uh, you know, the general community has no clue what's going on. You know, in, in, in the Biden administration... Right. The information that came out just the other day that all of a sudden the emergency is going to be over in May. Right. <laughs> I have never had an emergency in my entire life where I picked a date where all of a sudden it was going to be done. Well, can I tell you one other bill? And I, I don't have the bill number on me because I wasn't going to talk about it. But have you heard about this bill that is going to go against restaurant owners? They've finally gotten back on their feet after being shut down for so long. All the mandates and restrictions. They are now requiring restaurant owners to offer predictability pay. So if the restaurant is slow, they still pay the server or the hostess if they have to go home um, for not making enough money that day. Well, that's nuts. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it, it, right. It's also crazy. We, we employ so many people in our organization. We employ a ton of people. And I always have 15-year-olds that want to work. And I have to look at him and go, listen, I said, you know, minimum wage is ridiculously expensive. And on top of that, now we have uh, FMLA being added. Oh, yeah. And then we have an increase in unemployment insurance. It's really expensive to hire an employee. And most people don't understand if I pay somebody $14 an hour, that's really like nineteen fifty an hour that it's costing a business to employ that individual. 
I'm sorry, but at 15 years old, there should be a separate, like, you're under 18, you don't have to pay for your stuff. Like, if you want more 15 and 16-year-olds to be able to find jobs, you got to change the minimum wage. This is a starting entry-level job, right? Right. I, I mean, all this stuff, everything that's coming down the pipeline for this, like, equality, livable wage, all this stuff, a 16-year-old doesn't need a livable wage. We'll do this. Let me go back to paying a 15 and 16 year old a reasonable amount of money so that I can give my 20, 21, 22 year olds a more livable wage. Let the market figure this out. The government doesn't have to figure this out. The market will figure it out on its own. Because if you don't pay employees enough money, they're not going to work for you. It's really that simple. The market could figure this stuff out on its own. But instead, the government is creating these crises by putting in place these regulations that make absolutely no sense. And it doesn't matter if it's the vaccines, it doesn't matter if it's mental health, if it's healthcare, whatever. We see it over and over. Instead of letting the market decide, the government steps in and it gets worse. You're right. I mean, look forward to more regulations, especially in the world, transportation, small businesses. It's like death small businesses. Yeah, it, it's, I mean... We have so many businesses that have closed down. I, I, I drive by and I just look at all the signs up for, you know, empty retail space and empty commercial space that's popping up everywhere. And it, it's a scary thought. It's a scary thought. Well, if they're going after the restaurant industry, the next will be retail, right? Oh, Starbucks is not that busy. Well, you're going to have to pay someone $20 an hour to go home because you're not that busy. I, you know, I, I don't know when, when the line is going to be drawn where people are going to wake up and say, I'm not going to vote this way anymore. Well, and, uh, you know, it's, 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 it, it kind of sucks for the business owners. But at that point, you just say, look, we'll just kill the industry. Right. <laughs> we'll just kill the industry. I just won't, I won't go out to eat. I won't go to Starbucks. I, I won't do any of the service stuff. I'm just going to help kill the industry, which I don't want to. I love food. I love our restaurant owners. <laughs> I want good food in this city. I don't want to kill the industry, but that's what it's going to have to be. Well, it's like they didn't kill it during COVID. And this is my biggest pet peeve. We, we killed small business. We shut down about 40% while Polis grew his government administration by 25%. I mean, we just keep growing administration. We see the teachers not being paid. That is not the way to grow our economy. No, not at all. Not at all. So, you know, we, we've got a couple uh, minutes left on this show. Will you please let our listeners know how they can help uh, this group of legislators that are putting together these phenomenal bills and fighting these bills? How can the general public help complete this mission with you? Absolutely. Thank you so much. So I think the big thing is um, testimony. And if you're worried about it or you're nervous about it, if there's no real reason to be. I will walk you through anything. We've got House Bill 98, which is um, female students' rights in athletics. That has been pushed to February 13th at 1.30. And then my bill for prohibiting COVID vaccines for minors, 1029, is up on uh, committee, Health and Insurance Committee, on um, the 7th, Tuesday the 7th. And it says upon adjournment. And for your listeners, what that means is we do the pledge, prayer, some announcements, if there's a second reading. And then after they adjourn the House, we go straight into the committee meeting. So if you go to the legislative Colorado um, assembly page, you can sign up for testimony either remote or in person and come be a part of this. We need the whole room filled. We've got to start fighting for our children. 
100%. Well, if you missed any information on this show today, uh, this episode will be online. It'll be on your favorite podcast providers. Go on to our website, faithfamilyfit.org. Sign up for our email list. You'll get our legislative update. And I will also include all the information as well as these bills on our website, faithfamilyfit.org as well for you to go ahead and uh, download and read. And if you want to testify, there'll be uh, information as to how to do that on our site as well. Thank you so much, uh, Representative Bradley, for joining us today. I look forward to having you on, and thank you for all the hard work that you are doing. Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it, Jason. And thank you for fighting the hard fight as well. No problem. I look forward to fighting with you. This is Faith Family Fitness on 100.7 The Word. We will see you next Saturday at 9 a.m. Thank you. This has been Faith Family Fitness with Coach Jason Lupo of Full Armor Sports Teams of Colorado Springs. Join him at the same time next week for Faith Family Fitness on The Word 100.7.